Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book one of On Duties, his work on Stoic ethics, Cicero examines courage, one of the four cardinal virtues. And one of the aspects of courage that not only for the Stoics, but but really for all the virtue ethicists in ancient times, courage was associated with a, a kind of mastery of emotion or affect. Generally, this was associated with fear. You were courageous or brave or had fortitude in Latin fortitudo by engaging in activities that were scary, that required you either not to feel fear or to master the fear that you felt and to do what was necessary in those circumstances, despite being afraid in circumstances where many other people might give in to that fear. Cicero has a very interesting treatment here, and it's in consonance with the Stoics, in that bravery or courage doesn't just apply to fear or to confidence, the opposite of fear. Instead, it has to do, he says, with a number of other emotions in addition to fear. So fear is not being left out of the picture. As a matter of fact, it's still quite central, but Courage as a virtue for the Stoics is going to involve resisting or overcoming other forms of emotion or affectivity. So in chapter 20, he says that we must keep ourselves free from every disturbing emotion. The Latin for that is perturbatio. And that's in some respects, a technical term. Not every one of what we would call emotions actually fits under this rubric of perturbatio, just the disturbing emotions, the emotions that are excessive, the emotions that don't have a good purpose in leading us to our end, the emotions that cause trouble for us and indeed lead to a troubled mind. So the ones that he's talking about here, all of these are examples of perturbationes. That is the the plural for that or disturbing emotions. He says, we must keep ourselves free from these, not only from, and already here he's talking about two emotions, desire and fear, but also from excessive, that's the translator putting that in there, pain and pleasure, and from anger. So there's already five different emotional modalities that are being brought under this virtue of courage. And we'll see why in just a moment. He says that there is a purpose to this. So we may enjoy that calm of soul and freedom from care, which bring both moral stability and dignity of character. So why does he construe things in this way? Why do the Stoics in general construe things in this way? Because remember, Cicero is getting this from Panaetius. So we want to be free from these disturbing emotions. Uh, One of the other things to point out is that Cicero understands courage to also encompass something that a few other people, particularly the Aristotelians, saw as a separate virtue, greatness of soul or greatness of mind. Cicero will talk about this as animi magnitudo, you know, literally greatness of the mind or of the, the spirit. And what is that? That is a capacity to rise above the things that would otherwise bother and bedevil 
ordinary people. So this is an integral part, he thinks, of courage. Courage involves a certain type of independence from the things that tend to embroil other people in reactionary states, in simply doing things to get out of fear, you know, satisfy their desire. Cicero says that this is what gives us freedom. So courage and freedom are closely connected together. So let's talk about fear, metus in Latin. Well, this is one that, like I mentioned, other virtue ethicists certainly talk about, you know, from Plato and Aristotle onward. And we want to try to at least minimize, if not talk ourselves entirely out of or train ourselves entirely out of feeling fear when we don't need to feel it. Now, the Stoics did think that there was something called rational fear or caution, eulabea in Greek, and that's a reasonable fear to feel. But most things that we fear are not in themselves fearful or dreadful. And so Cicero thinks that we ought to try to overcome that. And that's what courage does. Now, I do want to say one thing here. Cicero not only says that this involves not avoiding danger. So, you know, the fire person who runs into the burning building is, you know, going to be at least on a physical level, afraid of the fire that they're encountering because fire is scary, you know, but they overcome that and they rush in. Cicero also says we don't want to swing to the other extreme. And here you can see a reflection of something that Aristotle himself made very clear that we don't want to fall into rashness. And indeed, many people who are rash or foolhardy, who seem to display no fear and who run into danger may do so because they're afraid of something else. They're afraid of looking bad. They're afraid of social forces. They're afraid of their own identity or unresolved identity as a tough guy or somebody who's resolute or somebody who's resilient. And so they take on more than they ought to. So fear is definitely one of the emotions that courage bears upon. Why does Cicero talk about desire? Cupiditas, the desire for say wealth or sex or food or honor or social status, property, Cicero actually sometimes talks about houses, people having a desire for nice houses and furnishings, or something that Cicero himself encountered, power to be in charge, to call the shots. Courage involves standing up against that. And this is where that greatness of soul part, I think, comes in. It involves an independence from these desires that tend to steer other people into things that are quite troubling. So courage has to do both with fear and desire. But then he goes on and he says, courage also has to do with pleasure, voluptas in Latin, the word that we get, you know, voluptuous from, right? And pain, or if you want to translate it as grief or anguish, aigretudo, right? A very nice word there. It's got a kind of sense of piquancy to it, doesn't it? The, the aigri, if you know your Latin. So why would he talk about these? Why is pleasure and pain a problem that courage would have to bear on? Well, Cicero thinks that we shouldn't be overcome by pleasure. And he doesn't just mean desire for pleasure. He means the experience of pleasure. It's one thing to desire pleasure. You don't have the pleasure yet, right? You want to go and eat the nice meal. You want to go and have sex with this person. You know, you're looking forward to when you get to be in charge or something like that. 
the pleasure is something that you actually do experience, that can carry us away. Normally, we look at pleasure as a good thing. The more that we have of it, you know, the better it is for us. But the Stoics said, you know, some pleasures can actually lead us into all sorts of problems. Likewise, they saw pain or grief or other ways of having disturbing mental or, if you like, spiritual states as a real problem. They didn't see any good in that. The good life is one that's free of those sorts of things. So they're not talking just about physical pain. As a matter of fact, physical pain is the least of it. They're talking about mental pain, psychological pain. And this is something that the Stoics thought we ought to be able to bear. Ideally, we wouldn't have any of that in our life, but we are probably going to encounter a good bit of it. So courage is what allows us to deal with it, to encounter it and move on. Courage is what provides us with resiliency. This is a very important point. Courage is what leads us not just into dangerous situations, but helps us get through difficult situations. And pain is really central to that. The last emotion that he's referring to here, and he talks about it a good bit later on, is that of anger. In Latin, ira, or in that passage, iracundia, really meaning the same thing. And why does he reflect on this? Well, because there's a tendency that many people have to confuse anger, the state of being angry, and it's a very active state. It seeks out retribution. It attempts to right the situation the way that the angry person conceives of writing the situation, which generally involves imposing some sort of penalty or pain or vindication upon the other person or persons who made one angry. Many people mistake that for displaying courage. Why? Because they're both active, because they both respond to threatening situations or situations in which injustice has taken place, or at least appears to have taken place. Cicero stresses to us over and over again, and this is the classic Stoic stance, that anger is not the same thing as courage, and that if we mistake the two of them for each other, we are actually setting ourselves up for all sorts of problems. And, you know, if you think about it, if we are getting involved with other people as well, teaching them, leading them, we're also raising issues for them by our bad guidance. So he says, we shouldn't listen to those who think that one should indulge in violent anger against one's enemies and imagine that such is the attitude of a great spirited, brave person. Why? Nothing is more commendable, nothing more becoming in a preeminently great person than courtesy and forbearance, he says. In a community, we have to be ready to forgive insults, he says. We must school ourselves to affability and what is called mental poise. If we are irritated when people intrude upon us, we will develop a sour, churlish temper and gentleness of spirit and forbearance are to be commended, he says. So, you can be courageous without being angry. As a matter of fact, from Cicero's perspective, if you are getting angry, you're not courageous because courage would curtail that anger. Courage would do what is right without having to be motivated by that form of affect. And it, it will get more done, as a matter of fact, and more reliably, as other Stoics point out to us. So you see, courage bears on quite a few of the emotions from the Stoic perspective. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. 
You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.